High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, stockbrokers, bond traders, 29-year-olds pretending to be 17-year-olds, 22-year-old actors pretending to be 29-year-olds pretending to be 17-year-olds, and everything in between. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And the slumber party's at my place this evening, whether it be in person or remotely, doesn't matter to me. But first, no matter what, your sophomore year is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to all the healthcare workers out there who are working hard during these really, really trying times, and everyone in the support system in general. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here in my neighborhood, and I think like around at least the city, at 7 p.m., everyone does a nice, a nice clap and a nice cheer for all the healthcare workers, and you can hear it out loud. Like It's amazing. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. But hope you guys are staying safe out there, and hope you're keeping yourself busy, whether you are actually very busy, or you're at home, you know, in quarantine, doing nothing. I'm here for you. Listen to this podcast. Hopefully you're entertained. Watch some films. It's good. There's no excuse for not doing your homework these days, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, and by the way, if you didn't catch this, obviously you're here on a Friday. Fridays are for fun, again, if you're listening to the Day it Comes Out episode. But we do Mondays now. Yes, we've gone twice a week during this crisis. I have some more free time. That's unexpected. I'm not commuting to work, so that gives me that gives me some wiggle room. And also, you know, I feel like it's cathartic for me. It's cathartic for other people, hopefully. I don't do this podcast to get famous, obviously, and I don't do it for money, but of course it's free, remember that. But, uh, you know, it means so much to me for you guys to be listening out there and participating, and, you know, I can't, I can't express enough how grateful I am for you guys, the slumbers. But, of course, you had homework. First, the aforementioned Monday episode this week was The Way Back with Joey Lewandowski, The Godfather, and that's a new movie that was just in the theaters, but you could actually rent it, video on demand, if you're bored. Watch it, listen to the episode. It was a really fun episode, a really good movie, in my opinion. You definitely, definitely want to check that out. It was super cool. This week's homework, though, or I should say this Friday's homework, because bi-weekly, Brian, remind yourself, was to watch a film called Hiding Out, which was free for me on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, watch it please because 
It's an interesting one. It's a fun one. And we have a guest today, one of my favorite guests. You know her from our Twilight series. That's Kate Hudson of Pajiba. She's awesome, and she picked this movie. Actually, she picked this movie on our Drunken New Moon episode. <laughs> this is one of her, one of her, uh, you know, I don't know about favorites, but something of a maybe a guilty pleasure. I don't know. Whatever. We're going to get into it. It's an interesting film. It stars John Cryer. And he plays a high school student who, well, actually, he's an adult stockbroker who has to go back to high school to hide from the mob. Yep, that's basically it. But before any of that, I have to remind you that you can listen to this show and all other Cage Club Podcast Network shows, not just on the flagship cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, but where you're listening right now, whether that be Stitcher, whether that be Google Play, whether that be Apple Podcasts, whether that be Spotify. And while you're on there, why don't you give this show a nice little review? Why don't you give it five-star rating? Why don't you give us some props here or there? Because guys, like I said, I do this for free. And also, class participation is a huge part of your grade. So if it wasn't any motivation to support me, get your grades up, guys. It's important. <laughs> oh, of course, class participation can also be attempted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm really active there. Drop me a DM. Slide into those DMs. I love to chat. Honestly, I do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. I know you're being homeschooled, but I brought the bell with me. <laughs> oh, one more thing. The best way that you can help High School Slumber Party out is by telling a friend about all the good things that we do here on this podcast and recommending this podcast. Don't do it in person. Social distancing is important. Text them, drop them a line, Zoom them, whatever you're doing these days. Oh, man. So let's get to hiding out, shall we? I leave you with a song from the soundtrack, of course. Catch Me, I'm Falling by a band called Pretty Poison. So put on your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're socially interacting with Brian from at least six foot distance. Because we're about to get our party on. Class dismissed. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, who knows these days? I was going to say it is like noon your time, but again, who knows these days? <laughs> I don't have any wine in the house. I only have rum, and I don't want to get rum drunk because I don't... You only... Wait, time it. You only have rum in the house? I only have rum and gin right now. And like, hard liquor drunk Kate is like, oof, I don't even want to find out who she is right now, okay? <laughs> like, I know who wine drunk Kate is. She's fine. <laughs>
I have a feeling I might be crying at the end of the podcast. I'm like rum drunk Kate. <laughs> I'm not a crier. No, that is like we're gonna fucking rob a bank. We're gonna redistribute wealth. It's no, no. I said I'm gonna cry. You're gonna hurt my feelings somehow. That's just gonna destroy me. Just your rum superpowers. Rum drunk Kate is everybody's best friend don't worry there would not be tears you would walk away feeling really good about yourself okay so s- save the rum for when we do the next twilight film then because we're taking a break from our twilight forever series <gasps> to do what i call now as i had to edit that shit show of a i mean it was a beautiful episode in my mind but it was <laughs> we're definitely so a, drunk it's fine we can admit it an alcohol <laughs> fueled episode <laughs> of twilight 2 part 2 i guess electric boogaloo um, <laughs> I thought there was five, but I couldn't find the fifth. But I'm calling these the Kate Hudson Four movies that you <laughs> demanded that you be the guest on, essentially. And I just kept drunkenly slurring about. <laughs> By the way, I rewatched this. It was not that good, so I apologize. Oh, no. I hope. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I was. Well. I had some issues, but I was enjoying what parts movie? of it. But Wait, what ones did I... I'm going to be honest. I haven't listened to the drunk episode yet because I don't... Why would you? You were there. Right? I usually do because I like to talk Twilight. I'm like, oh, these are good points because I have a terrible memory. But what did I drunkenly claim, I guess, is my question. So the Hudson Four are hiding out, which is what we're doing today. <laughs> the Heavenly Kid. Yes! Great movie. Fear with Marky Mark. And I want to be clear. You never said fear... Just fear. You always said fear with Marky Mark, so I'm assuming that's the title. I reference that movie all the time. <laughs> and Adventures in Babysitting, Fuck which yeah. uh, you know, rumor has it that was on the schedule anyway, so you're good about that. But I, love I mean, that movie. we'll take care of these because hey, we've got a lot. Of, we've got a lot of time in our hands these days. Sure do. Why not? And I want to be honest with you. Besides for Adventures in Babysitting, no one has signed up for the other three. So. Wait, someone else signed up for Adventures in Babysitting? Oh, people love that film. That's a that's a popular one, but you claimed it, so you're yes! on it. And we'll probably bring someone else on as well. We'll probably do a group thing, but that's a big one. The rest of these, I, you know. Nobody's heard of them. <laughs> but that's great. I love talking about movies like these. There seems to be, and I want to talk about it, there seems to be like a genre of film that you really, really like, or like an era, I guess. Like. <laughs> I can't put my finger on what it is. There certainly is a year set here, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can enlighten me more. Oh, God, I don't know. I... <laughs> okay, no, I obviously love the classics, too, like the John Hughes <laughs> oeuvre, if you will, but fuck if I know. I, I grew up in Alaska. It was dark. I watched a lot of movies. Speaking of Alaska, I don't want to forget this part. Please. I always do with you. Please introduce yourself. Name, <laughs> high school, team name, Thunderbirds, I know. Something like that. Go for it. All right. My name is Kate Hudson. I am class of 2002, East Anchorage High School, and we are the T-Birds. And I think I've done this chant before, but it's T-Birds let the dogs out. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you mentioned Alaska. Wasn't like the last blockbuster existing in Alaska? So I guess this all makes sense now. Yeah, and that was my blockbuster. I know, really? That, that, was, that was my blockbuster. The one right by the cars on, um, I think it was Braga, like on the east side of Anchorage. Yeah, that was the one I rented Con Air from for the first time. So that is a <laughs> special blockbuster for me. And the second and the third and hopefully... I mean, I imagine a lot of times. That was my go-to movie. Yeah, it still is. (laughs) Still is, I was going to say, because almost every time we say, hey, what other movie would you rent today, Kate Hudson? It's usually Con Air. So (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh my god. I'm slap happy. It's fine. Sober drunk, it's usually Con Air. So, right? It really is. Because it's, it's the greatest movie of all time. Better than Hiding Out? I think most movies are better than Hiding Out. But <laughs> drunk Kate obviously has a mind of her own. She's a gremlin. But sober Kate was watching this last night. And it's like, really? This is a movie you chose to like want to talk about for an hour? Okay. <laughs> So the Hudson Four, the movies that four most exemplify your life and personality. This is the first one, <laughs> Hiding Out. What's your history with Hiding Out? Why did you choose Hiding Out, if you even know? I actually remember the first time I saw Hiding Out. <laughs> so I guess I like to see weird, obscure 80s movies because they're usually pretty, like, interesting like the last american virgin where i learned about crabs for the first time have you seen that one i have not it's on my list maybe that's in the hudson eight who knows but (laughs) i'm sober so i'm not gonna start demanding things (laughs) i was living in england and i like was bored and i don't know how but i came across this movie and i never heard of it and it was like in the prime sort of genre of adults masquerading as high schoolers (laughs) like you know because you like there's a few of them at least there's never been kissed i'm sure there's oh yeah tons right so i was like oh cool a john crier movie and every time i think of a john crier like 25 years ago he was on the conan o'brien show and he said every single movie or tv show he had been on to up until that point sounded like a gay porno so (laughs) hiding out kind of does sound like a gay porno it's true Right, <laughs> and like I saw, I saw the cover, and his hair was so atrocious. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a Kate movie, and it was real, real weird. But I enjoyed it at the time. I think I was six, so that's that's my history of hiding out. <laughs> oh man, and look, this was on my list, but it was definitely on my list because when I started this podcast, I googled like high school movies and just threw <laughs> stuff on there. I never heard of it, frankly. I don't know many people who have heard of it. Which is, which is, I guess, a little surprising because as John Cryer, he's in one of the most famous high school films ever as one of the most like memorable characters ever. <laughs> but we're going to talk about him a lot in this film, obviously, because I got my questions and I was hoping you could answer them. Okay. But if you, guys, if you guys aren't familiar with Hiding Out out there, I looked up what the back of the VHS looks like. <laughs> By the way, this is free on Amazon Prime if you have it. So Thank God. Unless you're... <laughs> Unless you're a medical professional or in the support system somehow, you probably have a lot of free time. Yep. You know, watch this movie. It'll help you understand this podcast, definitely, because it's going to be weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here's the back of the VHS. Andrew Morinsky is a successful stockbroker who finds temporary safety from the mob hitmen after him by stepping 10 years into high school. Uh, high school that's weird this comedy puts a teenage twist on double identity in in his new life andrew aka max hauser goes punk with a (laughs) two-tone hairdo then he tries to keep a low profile in spite of his cousin whose greatest challenge is passing his driver's test max takes the most obnoxious teacher to task which quickly makes him a big man on campus it's it's a laugh a minute from cafeteria cuisine to dealing with his date's dad, without even trying to get the girl, he gets elected president. This is the entire fucking movie. Yes. Yes, it is. But with a, <laughs> with a mob hot on his trail, Andrew's problems other than a few bad grades, hiding out is funny, exciting, suspenseful, and, in my words, creepily romantic. <laughs> Okay, so first off, they literally just did 98% of the movie's plot right there. Because how could you not to describe this film, you know? I guess you could have left it at Andrew Moreski is a successful stockbroker 
who temporarily finds safety from the mob hitman and steps into high school or something like that. You know, right? like, and that's enough. <laughs> Andrew Marinsky has a hankering for 17 year old girls. Where oh else my... should he go? God, Look, <laughs> I, I didn't hate this movie. I wasn't like bored watching it, Mm-mm. but I had my questions. So, <laughs> you know, just to get into like the, the meat and potatoes before we really dive into this thing. Mm-hmm. There's almost zero scholarship about this film online. No, like, why, you know, why it was made. <laughs> I kind of wanted to know. <laughs> I mean, why it was the they... 80s. It was cocaine, for sure. Cocaine. It's always coke. <laughs> why cast John Cryer? Maybe that's the same reasoning. But uh, all I know is the director was Bob Giraldi, and his big credit was that he directed Michael Jackson's Beat It video. So that leads me to believe also cocaine also the 80s as the yeah. reason why this film for got sure. made <laughs> for sure okay so we mentioned john crier this is his film this is a very much john crier vehicle right off the bat i'm confused because he's 22 when they shot this possibly but 21 but he's playing a 29 year old he's playing a 29 year old who's pretending to be a 17 or 18 year old 29 19 i guess is it 10 years? I don't know. Something 17. like that, right? He's pretending to be a 17-year-old because, remember, he says, I haven't gone uh, roller skating in 15 years. She's like, you did it when you were 2. Oh, that's quick math. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's pretending to be a 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. First, okay, so I'm picturing him. Like, I'm not picturing two and a half men, John Cryer, because rarely am I ever. But <laughs> theoretically, I'm picturing kind of like the like the ducky John Cryer. And so it's not that weird for me to see him in high school. So it's not that like, okay, so you and I did just one of the guys, right? And it's not a complete transformation like Mrs. Doubtfire in a suit, but it's clearly like, oh, this was a lady and now she's being a dude kind of thing. And it's not that far-fetched to see her as a different person. If I just watched this movie halfway through and not known anything about it, I would just think John Cryer is a regular high school student. I mean... A lot of 22-year-olds play high school students in films. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're leaving out one really important part here. And what's that? He had a beard, okay? Okay, That's... okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on. That's 80s speak for you don't recognize him. Oh, my God. He's like, first of all, I can't buy John Cryer as the stockbroker, but there he is <laughs> with this beard and this full head of hair trading stocks. And the most adult job you can get in 1987 is like bonds, you know? <laughs> this is getting very weird. Jesus Christ, point that thing the other way. What has gotten into you? It's not safe, Andrew. I just got it off the newswire. They're delaying the trial another 30 days. We have to wait that long? Forget it. We're dead meat. Oh, come on. What do you think Capados is going to do? He's going to kill us? Come on. He's a businessman. It's just business. That's what we thought when we took his bullshit bonds. You don't pass off that much in counterfeit paper on your own. I'm telling you, we were chumped. He had us laundering money for the mob. Bill. Bill. Okay, go make some money. You'll feel better, okay? That's what I'm gonna do. Now, please, hide that thing before you blow your balls off. <laughs> Did you recognize that his uh, little buddy who gets murdered in the beginning? No, who, who is he? Well, I don't know his name, but he always plays the slimy um, defense attorney in Law & Order SVU. Like, Oh, you're right. Yeah, oh, my God. Because you know all the SVU defense attorneys like have the specific clients they serve, and he's always the slimy Yeah. Guy. Oh, my God. I, You know, I didn't see that until you mentioned it, and now I just see like his face defending yeah. these like gross people. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's wow. always the slimy one, but he's not the corrupt mob guy. That's like the bigger guy. No, he's no, not no. not in no. the movie. I'm just bringing up my SVU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, bone to pick right there now that we get into it. This guy's name is Rodriguez, for some reason. Played by <laughs> Ned Eisenberg. That's my last name. Um, is it? Yes. Oh, Rodriguez, not Eisenberg. I was like, that's... No, not Eisenberg. No, 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 no. Which, pretty pissed that I finally get a Rodriguez and he gets, like, killed. But also, have a character named Rodriguez and cast Ned Eisenberg. Whatever. It is cool that he was in SVU. Now that I'm, like, connecting the face <laughs> to the name. Other people in this film who... I recognized, of course, was Keith Coogan. Who yes. Is, yes. You know, I love Keith babysitting Coogan. wizard. Uh, <laughs> he's in a lot of cool high school stuff, which we'll cover. Uh, so so you're, you're a Coogan fan then? I love Keith Coogan because of Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> I saw that one in the theaters. I did not see Hiding Out in the theaters. Oh, wow. That's cool. I mean, again, such such a better movie than Babysitting. Right? <laughs> Of the Hudson Four, it. it's the gem. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. But I'm thinking I probably watched Hiding Out. I don't. I don't really like John Cryer. I think he's a poor man's Matthew Broderick, and I don't even <laughs> really like Matthew Broderick. So I'm pretty sure I, I like sought this one out because of Coogan. <laughs> well, I'm sure if he's listening out there, he'd be you know very appreciative. I like him. He plays this great high school character. You know, he's never going to be the jock, but you know he plays high school vulnerable kid pretty well. Yeah. Other people in this cast who I recognize, Annabeth Gish plays Ryan Campbell. I'm pretty sure I've seen her in things. I couldn't pick it out. What? What? Excuse me, Mystic Pizza, Shag, and then X-Files. Okay, X-Files. Too. I, I knew it was something, right? Like, I know it wasn't like, let me not just dismiss this person because she has a familiar face. Okay. And Mystic Pizza, definitely. I love Mystic Pizza. Good film. It's a better movie than this. It's so much better than this. (laughs) Go watch Mystic Pizza, everyone, but don't stop listening to this episode. (laughs) Other people I recognize, let's see. There's the old guy from West Wing that died. Oh, yeah. He's the cop who goes to the bathroom and then basically lets everyone else get murdered in the beginning. Yes. (laughs) Who else? This is one of the only other notes in this film that uh, John Cryer's mom plays his aunt in this film. Ah! Oh, that makes sense because she did not look like an actor. Oh my god! Like, how mean is that? But I thought the same thing. <laughs> well, no, it's just it. I just didn't recognize her. Like, she looked. I, I don't want this to sound mean, but you just called it. it. She looked normal, but not not in a way that she wasn't attractive. She looked normal no. in a way that like she didn't have like she just came off more authentic. If that makes sense. Yeah, I wrote like this lady looks like a real aunt. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but she's the aunt. <laughs> That makes sense. And again, not being mean, it's more like she just comes off as an authentic person. Like, she just looks like she wasn't in the Hollywood machine for 30 years. Like, I guess the thing is that she doesn't seem like she was acting. Even good acting, you always are like, oh, that's acting. She looked like a normal aunt and acted like a normal aunt. Yeah. So good for her. Good for her. Gretchen Cryer. <laughs> Apparently, Joy Behar is in this film. Joy Behar is? As Gertrude? I have no idea who that is. <gasps> At the beginning, she's the one who tells him that he has to go down to the registrar. Oh, my God. I got to look that up. Wait, Gertrude. That has to be her in the beginning. I guess I didn't recognize her because she wasn't sitting down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I see a picture of her her now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Because she doesn't even look like how she looks now. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because you just see her sitting all the time. I've never, like, I wouldn't. Yeah. What about the like the guy who looked like a Kennedy? Was he in anything? Like the class president that gets elected because the mean lady rigged the election for him? Tim Quill was his name. I'll find out now. Probably not. 
because that name doesn't ring a bell. He was in the film Hamburger Hill, if you're a fan of Vietnam War films. I am not, <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, nothing, like, that really sticks out to me. Apparently he was in Argo, but I don't know the character Alan Sosa in Argo, so I can't <laughs> tell you. Uh, you know, Again, we're not laughing at him. He seems like he's still working every couple of years or whatever. But... He looks like a Kennedy. Probably doesn't need the money. Oh, no, he's no. dead, dude. That's why he's not working. Okay. <laughs> Good call. Wasn't looking at that. Oh, oh, that's sad. Yes, he died at 54. That's so young. Oh, man. Poor guy. He's very handsome, though. I, I mean, that probably is cold comfort now. <laughs> it certainly helps in Hollywood, that's for sure, but not anymore. Um, that sucks. Well, that... Woo, way to bring everything down, especially in right? these times. God. Uh, he was in a film with Kirk Cameron called Listen to Me. I've never seen it, but Me, okay. I, I don't like Kirk Cameron. Philosophical reasons or his acting skills or both? Both, but mainly philosophical, but also I was never that into his show either back in the day. Fair, fair. I'm not going to argue that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. The rest of the people are somewhat unknowns. This is the John Cryer show. This is oh, yeah. a John Cryer vehicle. He's the star, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. What uh, what scenes do you want to talk about in Hiding Out? This was, again, <laughs> your pick, so let's do this. What I always think about in Hiding Out is how just fucking terrible his hair is. Like, it's atrocious. Which hair? His stockbroker hair or his punk, in their words, high school are hair? Are you really comparing the, like, just normal, bland, like, I'm a stockbroker here, to what they did to John Cryer's head as he's hiding out? Like, come on. What a way to blend in than by having that kind of haircut, right? It's so so bad. It's a reverse skunk streak. It's it's, it's terrible. Is there a logic to it? Okay, so, you know, we open and he's a stockbroker, but, you know, his, his company traded some illegal bonds. As we mentioned, they end up killing one of the other stockbrokers. He doesn't get kidnapped by the FBI, but just, you know, he's under their protection, but they don't do a very good job. And he jumps on a train and heads out of town. and to ends Delaware. Up, <laughs> yes, ends up in exotic Delaware. <laughs> In his cousin slash aunt's hometown, he originally is going to, like, have his aunt hide him out. But when he realizes that he can, you know, blend in with high schoolers, he decides to just have his cousin be his confidant. Regardless, like, on his way there, he goes to this general store. He shaves. He gets some hair dye. And that's the hair style he chooses, apparently. Well, okay, so I was going to ask, was it supposed to be, like, well, there wasn't enough dye or something? Like, why did he only do the sides? That was a choice. <laughs> okay. I honestly, whenever I can't come up with any logical explanation, I just like, oh, it's the 80s. It has to have been cocaine. Like, <laughs> he must have been coked out. I was like, this is great. This is great. And then, like, go to Delaware. Like, I, there's so many questions I have. Like, one, why a train? Two, why a train to <laughs> Delaware? Three, why the skunk hair? Four, why did you have to trade your coat? to a guy who was homeless like so many questions (laughs) i love boston i'm nothing against the city of boston i thought it was an interesting choice to make like him a stockbroker in boston right Uh, i don't know i don't know i just don't associate that city with stockbrokers i agree why not new york like why did why boston because you're going to delaware anyway you know it's not like oh he went to maine and that makes sense like 
it's much know. actually new york is much closer to delaware <laughs> like boston to delaware that's probably what like a seven eight hour train ride yeah i mean again just on the random train he jumped on which, right? like, <laughs> which is hilarious because like he's going slower and the train leaving is somehow also going slower so he can jump on like Who, he's running like, running running and then oh my god i can't believe it and like also the worst FBI agents in all of history. Let's not leave that part out too. <laughs> it's not like they're supposed to be bumbling fools in this movie. No. <laughs> there are some like comedy moments before this, like that you think they're interrogating him, but he's playing Trivial Pursuit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't know what to pick at the diner. <laughs> and then he orders a double scotch. We're like, oh, oh, oh because he's twenty nine, of course. I get rewatching this last night. I'm like, first off, Kate Hudson, you should probably not be sober. Maybe drunk Kate sees more in this movie than sober (laughs) Kate does. But like, two, I think they were relying on cocaine in the audience too, just like (laughs) making these massive jumps of like logic. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm really high right now. Why not? I just like invent these stories, right? Like, I think that just like John Cryer, he wants to not be known as just a kid in high school actor and he wants like to take adult roles but they won't give them to him and this is kind of a transitional thing like and his agent's like no no no, i know you're in high school but you're really playing 29 and it's just like some kind of compromise here because from the jump i can't just i can't get on board with this again i don't hate this film it wasn't like a miserable watch or anything like that do you think they chose him because it's less weird when he's hitting on 17 year olds everything about this movie is inexplicable and i think that's the (laughs) word to describe it i honestly don't know why they're like john crier is the one we want (laughs) like it's you know what i mean like (laughs) who knows like and then they cast his mom too so it seems like this has to have been like an insider deal i guess yeah oh yeah it has to be the case right like it, it has to be so when he finally makes it to delaware and creeps out his cousin and just walks into a high school and decides to join it he you know is registering and he decides on the name maxwell hauser because ha ah, maxwell house coffee very 80s <laughs> yep. this kind of goes back to something we were talking about on twilight especially i get this from this podcast but if you have a choice not that he has a lot of choices but if you have a choice why go to high school if you don't have to i don't know like, first off, why would you go meet your aunt at her high school where she's the school nurse? Why wouldn't you meet her in the parking? Like, none of it doesn't make sense. Also, like, okay, I'm a little older than he would be in this movie now. I'm like five, six years older, but I couldn't pass for a high school or two years out of co- like out of high school. There's something changes you in those times. Like, you can't. No, no, absolutely. Right? Like, this is going to come off as weird, but I think you'll know what I'm saying. Like, obviously... You know, when we were in high school, the hormones were kicking and we thought certain people were attractive. But almost as soon as like your two years in college and you look back, you're like, oh, my God, those people look like children. Exactly. You know? Then that happens. So like now it's like we're like around our age now. Like you'd be there's no way there's no way. But again, I guess that's why they cast John Cryer because he was only 22. Yes. I would rather poke hot needles through my eyes or let the mob kill me than go back to high school at this point. (laughs) And I had a good time in high school. You did. You did, as noted in previous episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And again, if you're going to go back, and I know know, he makes an attempt at laying low, but you're going to probably lay low. You're not going to go on dates with 17-year-olds. Oh, 
and then give their dads tax advice. And then <laughs> it, that scene is just like, really, dad, like, dad, are you this disconnected? You don't know a fucking 30-year-old when you see one? Like, come on. It's like, you were in Vietnam, and I get that, and thank you for serving our country, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you not realize that this dude... That would just that would, I wouldn't be like oh thank you son for helping me with my taxes I'd be like red flag here how does he know this and he's taking my daughter out and he asked for like a scotch and soda you can't even joke <laughs> about that like to someone's dad <laughs> and also didn't she have a boyfriend like they never broke up we never saw a breakup scene between those two so we see this a lot in high school films this is like a big trope like new kid comes to town there's a, a girl that he likes uh she likes him but she she's always dating the popular jock and she seems to never break up with him and we're supposed to be okay with that this is amplified though by the fact that the new kid in town is a 29 year old (laughs) i know she doesn't know that but he knows that yeah like (sighs) there's just a lot of questions i have and like the thing about this movie like our high school jock asshole really isn't that bad he actually has integrity he never tries to pick a fight with someone he honestly should because he's a 30 year old man trying to date his girlfriend (laughs) he takes it all in stride and then like in theory she dumps him for john crier and he's still like you know what this nasty republican teacher rigged the election here you go john crier how about that like we don't have to go linearly but uh first of the whole element of uh, he's in this school and he's trying to lay low but one of the first things that happens to him is that he's put in this class and the teacher chastises one of the papers because paper apparently dissed richard nixon and she she's not cool with that and John Cryer, who apparently lived through the Nixon era, that's how old he is in this film. And I guess that's true, right? Uh, he wasn't, like, voting in the Nixon era. He would have almost been close because if he were, like, turned 30 in 87, that means he was born in 1957 in the movie. So, yeah, I guess he's, like, borderline, right? Like, let's say he was at least active in high school and in politics and stuff or just concerned. So he's not a fan of Richard Nixon. Not a lot of people are. But he's not a fan of Nixon. <laughs> And he stands up for for whoever wrote this paper, and the teacher is upset, and this is where her conspiracy begins. But the paper turns out to be of the girl he ends up dating, and her name is Ryan. Yeah, which was a weird choice. Yes. (laughs) And she's super like, oh, this guy defended me in class. I want to get to know him more. And I honestly think it would have... We don't want to rewrite movies here. I don't like doing that. But I think it would have been a stronger choice if... Almost like Back to the Future style. I know that's his mom, but she's attracted to him, but he knows he can't do anything because he's older. (laughs) So maybe he pivots to Keith Coogan, you know, that would have been to me more acceptable. If he hadn't been like, feet don't fail me now as he rushed towards statutory rape. Yeah. And then, okay, so I'm glad you bring that up, too. We'll talk about the teacher and the election a little bit later, but just want to go over the stuff with Ryan. They have these dates and they have these nice moments. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm really connecting. Like, red flag, red flag, red flag. There is a point where Keith Coogan says to him, like, uh, have you heard of statutory rape? And then sometimes I watch these older films in the 70s and 80s. And they're like, they have like these gross, like, older guys dating, like, 18 or 19-year-olds. And, like, that's a joke in the movie or that's, like, a thing or it's, like, considered hot to date a teenager. And not that I'm, like, okay with it, but it's more like all right, this is dated. This was more the comedy of the time. But here they're very clearly stating that statutory rape is a thing in this universe. 
and that he's treading those waters. And that doesn't seem to bother him. He just waves his hand off and then he's like, I love her. It's like, how the fuck do you love her? This has been like weeks. You would think a 29-year-old would get that. It is psycho. It is psycho. And this is not a 29-year-old like still living with his parents, kind of just doing, no no offense to you guys living with your parents out there, that's not what I mean. But you know, like someone who's not like out and about with their own apartment, like dating people presumably because i think there there's some like small conversation about like ladies in the beginning of the film so it just boggles my mind why he would think that this high schooler who he just met is the quote-unquote one and he needs to continue to go on dates with her and pursue it and i know he's backing off at certain points you know they have their cool like roller derby date I could smile. Would you believe I haven't been on skates in 15 years? <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Wait, that means the last time you skated, you were two? I wasn't even very good then. <laughs> Try bending your knees, it'll help. <laughs> so, you come here often with Kevin? Hardly ever. He's very concerned about being cool. Wait a minute. I mean, this isn't cool? I'm out of here. <laughs> Get back here. <laughs> Where are you from? Do you have a girlfriend? As a matter of fact, I do. Well, I did. We were together for three years. We came this close to getting married. Really? Yeah, she was my skating instructor. You can see why we broke up. And they're, I guess, having fun. And they're they're about to kiss in the car. And he kind of backs off. And she kisses him anyway. But I get a sense that the filmmakers want us to see this moment as cute, not like... Creepy. Oh, my God. Yeah, creepy. Like, back off. Like <laughs> it's, It is. It's inexplicable. That's the only word I can use to describe it. It's like, why? 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 It's all I can say. Why? I mean, I know the answer to what I'm about to say is cocaine, but... <laughs> Definitely cocaine. What possesses somebody like a screenwriter in 1985 presumably 1986 to sit at their typewriter and be like well he's gonna go back to high school and he's gonna fall in love with a teenager they're not picturing john crier either they're just writing it that a 29 year old is doing this and it's just ooh. I, just I just think about this like if the genders were reversed it would be like yeah would it be more socially acceptable if a 29-year-old woman went after a 17-year-old, like, teenager? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it would be more, oh, right. Like, this teenager got yeah. the hot older person. So maybe. I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> so, and by the way, Annabeth Gish was born in 1971. And this movie was, let's say, like, she was, she was like 15 or 16 when it was released, basically. Oh, my God. What choices? Jeez. Like, like every single way they could have, like made this better like why couldn't it have been college like i don't i there's so many questions that's a really good point what difference does it make except like you don't get like keith coogan taking his driver's test stuff in college but you could have done something i don't know the story is what it is but the person who wrote it had many opportunities to not make it as creepy (laughs) that's why arguably john Cryer is a less creepy choice. You know, so many men who are like 40 play like 29 year olds in films. Could you imagine if they chose like a 40 year old? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but also, like, no offense to Don Cryer, if it was Tom Cruise doing this, would people, Mm. would it be as creepy or be like, yeah, get get that Tom Cruise girl? It's true. 
it's just a lot of weird choices, I guess, is my point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just want to remind you once again that ultimately the choice to be on this film and put it in the Hudson 4 was yours. (laughs) No, no, no. It was drunk Kate Hudson. She is her (laughs) own person. (laughs) I should put that like, guess drunk Kate Hudson was on this episode. No, no, no. That was regular Kate Hudson on this one. Yeah, like this is the one who was like, why do I like this movie so much? And then I watched it again last night. I was like, I've seen this three times, which is two times too many. (laughs) Oh, man. So we'll get into the ending a little bit later, but just to tie in there. Well, I was going to say just to add more to their story arc, but there isn't really much until the end. You already read the back of the VHS. They already know the entire plot. I ruined this episode. Yeah. the plot i mean okay so the interesting thing about hiding out is that they have a lot of 80s movie tropes but then they don't have a lot of 80s movie tropes like ryan has this hot bitchy friend who's popular and like you automatically think oh okay cool the cousins are gonna like tag team date this right like he's gonna set her up with a hot popular girl and then we never see the hot popular girl again and then keith coogan is dating somebody like more at his social level there's just a lot of weird choices (laughs) like it does zig when you think it's going to zag. Yeah, and not in like a, oh, that was a brave choice <laughs> kind no, of way. it's like, oh, so like both, like two people on cocaine came up with this decision <laughs> and flipped it like it flipped a coin. <laughs> I mean, let's talk Keith Coogan, right? I mean, again, I do like him. I even like his performance here. He's just kind of a nerd. He's... You know, I like his whole like bedroom setup upstairs and the, the dynamic with his mom. You know, not as successful with the ladies, even when, again, this is where I thought it was going to change, or I thought like John Cryer was going to pivot to Keith Coogan. But when they, the two girls, as you said, go up to him at the table, Keith Coogan eventually just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> I love Keith Coogan. I love Keith Coogan. That's all I can say. You feel like he's not acting, and not in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? You feel like he's just like existing in these universes as himself, and I love it. <laughs> His big thing is he needs to drive. He wants to pass his driving test so he can take girls out on dates and do all those things. And I'm exactly with you. When he said, oh, I finally got a date and I'm going to get my permit this weekend. I thought we were going to see the popular girl. She'd somehow agree to him. But no, it was this like rando I mean, rando nerdy girl i'm not saying i didn't like her i kind of liked her she seemed fun she just came out of nowhere you're like oh we don't know this person at all cool 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 so this was one of my questions to you as someone else sober as you said observing this film mm-hmm. he goes on this date with this girl they, they see a movie she's not into it she clearly you know wants it he wants it he asks her to take off her glasses yes why oh so she can't see what a bad driver he is Okay, okay. That's what I thought. The sinister person in me was like, oh, so I could take advantage of her. And I was hoping that wasn't the case because I like Keith Coogan. No, no, because he's a terrible driver and he didn't know how to drive stick. So he's like, oh, you can't see like three inches beyond? Awesome. And that's why he hit (laughs) her glasses. It wasn't... That's how I read it. I mean, oh, like, which is good. Which knows? is good. Which I, I'm. I was hoping it was that, but I was afraid like maybe this is something else because she wants to go to her house, but they end up like hooking up in the car, and I'm assuming that's just because he can't drive to her house. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> that that makes me feel better about his character. 
I thought he suddenly got like creepy or something. I, I mean, <laughs> maybe, but also comparatively speaking to his creepy cousin, Maxwell Hauser, it would be very hard for him to reach a level that we would deem creepy in this movie. Okay, good though. Like, I mean, that's, that's fine. Like, Cause I, I want to root for this guy. That's Keith Coogan, not Maxwell Hauser, but I want to root for this guy. I want him to, you know, find success in dating just like this girl too and it also doesn't seem like too lovey-dovey it seems pretty casual and i like that because again it always creeps me out in high school movies when people say they're gonna live forever together because it's high school right (laughs) i'm happy where we land on all the keith coogan stuff then i think we can settle on that yeah i mean i don't think keith coogan ever really plays like a bat i can't think of a keith coogan role where he is like a creepy loser can you no i off the top of my head no but i haven't seen some of these movies in so long i don't know if it's going to turn out like anthony michael hall and 16 candles like stealing underwear and and you know taking advantage of people when they're passed out you know like i was just worried (laughs) because i don't want to see that i think i mean he was in that cheetah movie for disney i feel like they wouldn't hire (gasps) some creeper right i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) Too bad that's not a high school film. That might be on the next Kate Hudson list. Who knows? I love him so much. I I am a fan of Keith Coogan, honestly, because of Adventures in Babysitting and then Don't Tell Mom the Babysitting. Basically, his babysitting movies are the best. I lost my goddamn mind when he shared Dustin's Pajiba review of Kevin Smith. I'm like, Keith Coogan knows about us? That's awesome. Like, I don't give a shit. Oh, about really? Him. Yeah. He did. That's awesome. And then he That's liked awesome. my Adventures in Babysitting post on Twitter. I was like, fuck! I am a fan. I don't give a shit about celebrities who read that site, except for, like, very specific ones. <laughs> if they're on a shit, it would be, like, Richard Simmons, Mariska Hargitay, and Keith Coogan. Fuck yeah. I oh, will. sweet. I would dork out over them. I know you love Adventures in Babysitting, but... I love it. Did you write the Adventures in Babysitting article to bait Keith Coogan into liking it. No. So I have this theory. (laughs) I have this theory that your favorite movie is not the one you say it's your favorite. It's the one you actually end up watching the most. And up until this year, the movies I watched the most, the most were Con Air, Adventures in Babysitting, and Working Girl. Ooh, I love Working Girl. Oh, I love Working Girl. But due to the shutdown, and honestly because of you, I have watched so much Twilight. I've just been like, yeah, I've just been watching a lot of Twilight. <laughs> it's what it's how I'm coping. It's just watching a girl try to bone a vampire on infinite loop during like all this uncertainty and it's really helping. Well, I hope when we get to Eclipse, you'll be very, very prepared. Oh, I've been listening to Twilight on audio books as well. I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> the other things that happen in this movie again, I explained it all with the back of the VHS. Maybe I shouldn't have done that, but um <laughs> yeah, is the- it's- spoilers there's that whole uh crew well there's that like rapper kid and his beatbox friend what was that by the way that honestly like (laughs) it seemed like a white person's approximation of how black people talk oh my god yes you know like sometimes you hear things and you're like okay a man wrote this or what whatever this is even the opposite even like a woman wrote this dialogue for a guy like and again whatever like people should could write for whoever they want i don't care but absolutely right i wrote that down too (laughs) <laughs> this is what a white man in 1987 thinks a black high school student talks like. It was bad. Like, bless bless that actor. Like, he did a good job with it. Like, his charisma and, like, his cockiness. And, like, because that was a character. It came through. But you have to know, like, you, those lines were atrocious. So, like, respect to him that he was able to find a way to make it work despite it just 
being horrendous. I'm sure you remember the early 90s when um, like mainstream culture or maybe mid 90s, like mainstream culture started to accept that rap was cool. So you'd see it thrown in almost everything as like, that's what's acceptable. That's what the kids are doing today. And it's so cringeworthy. Yep. This is like the start of it almost. I know this is not the 90s yet, but it just reminded me of being a kid. And just I remember just being, again, being a child and watching something. Oh, my God, they put a rap song in this. What the hell? I think 1987 is actually the kickoff point of that. Because remember, mm. 1987 like brought us the classic rap song, Top That from Teen Witch. Oh, good call. Something we've covered here. Absolutely. You know, you hit the nail on the head with that. <laughs> Top yeah. that is the classic example of like, see kids, rap is cool. This is what we're doing now. Hip hop. Like, <laughs> it's so cringe. Oh, but yeah, I mean, this has to have been like the tipping point when like everyone's coked out uncle in Hollywood was like, we're going to put rap in this. We're going to, we're, we're going to open this like shit up to more people finally. Like, uh, it was, I I don't know how to talk about this, like, in a way that is sensitive, but this movie did have a habit of putting black men specifically in supporting roles to prop up our white protagonists. Yep. (laughs) And, like, watching it in 2020, you're like, oh, yikes, this is not good. And my favorite part is thinking of, again, this screenwriter on cocaine, on a typewriter, (laughs) Thinking like, oh, you know, let me be progressive. Let me put some black characters in here. This is what they talk it's, like, right? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> because then the other only other black character, I think, is he janitor who sent to school basically to get drunk and hang out, and then he finds oh, John my Cryer. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, we could talk about him now. He's he's an ex boxer. He's a janitor. John Cryer's been staying there for seems like a while, but then he decides to reveal himself like weeks into the process. Well, like, because hey. he's revealing himself because that dummy is like apparently like I think he's drinking, then like, getting on the fucking loudspeaker at night. Like testing. <laughs> calling all cars, calling all cars, be on the lookout for a white male Caucasian age unknown. <laughs> this is President Maxwell coming to you live from the Oval Office. And I don't have a pass. Teachers, where are your pass? Where are your pass? <laughs> Teachers, I want to see some changes around here. Now, class, way too long. Come on, you can sort out the major points in 15 minutes. Be real. Out goes the dress code. What are you doing sneaking around in here? But you're the, uh, you're the janitor. <laughs> Custodial engineer, Ezra Williams. And you a Mad Max. I've seen you in here every night for weeks, boy. This is a high school, not a holiday inn. Tell me about it. <laughs> Whoa, Ezra, uh, got any more of that stuff? Oh, hell, come on. I ain't supposed to be in here either. <laughs> <laughs> Getting pretty good on these things, boy. And, like, schools aren't in the middle of nowhere. If people hear announcements coming from the school, they're gonna invest. Like, it's, yes, that 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 part drove me crazy. Like, if you're hiding out, why don't you fucking lay low? And let's be honest, it's not like this movie's an hour and 20 minutes long. It's almost two hours long, I think. It's like an hour 40-something. Yeah, why, do, why do we need this? 
because because we need this because the janitor is the one who helps them at the end in the final shootout. <laughs> we don't need that. Yeah. Okay. So when we okay, we'll talk about the final shootout a little bit later. But when we do get to this final shootout, it's, he uses his boxing skills to help him out at one point. And you're like, oh, that's why we learned about that he was an ex-boxer. Thank you. I mean, there is another option here where it seems like they were keeping this all in the family. So maybe that actor was just a friend of a friend. And they're like, he's cool. Let's hang out with him. Put him in the movie. Like... I mean, he seemed like a cool guy. Like, I'm not dissing his performance at all. It's just like... Yeah. The role itself was very, just like, really, do we really have to put all black characters just to prop up our white protagonists in this movie? Like... In a 2020 lens, if I said, hey, so I'm writing a screenplay, it has a black janitor who's a drunk, but he's really wise beyond his years. You know, like... (laughs) Even though he's old. (laughs) They would just go, yikes. Like, it's, it's yikes. It's, yeah. yeah but if no. you were pitching this movie, they'd be like, okay, cool. So he's 29 and wants to bang a 17-year-old? Awesome. Let's make, <laughs> like, no, there's so many red flags now. They're like, and okay, so there's something else that we haven't, like, not to get totally off track, but, so I went to high school from 99 to 2002, and by then, smoking was forbidden. But, like, mm, in I, 80s, I want to talk about this. Yeah, right, but in 80s movies, like, it's and like 1999 was only 12 years removed from when this took place. They were like just openly smoking, and like that was a big deal. Like you were not allowed to smoke anywhere on campus, and they really actually enforced that. But in this movie, like everyone's just hanging out on the steps smoking. Like when did that change? Uh, presumably before 1999 or whatever. <laughs> it was jarring. I mean, I know the teachers are trying to stop it, but it's not like something where anyone's trying to hide it either. No, they're just. They're just out there smoking. In my school, people have to, like, leave campus, go to the back gate or whatever and smoke. Also, I don't know. If I'm, again, I wouldn't be in this position, but if I'm 29 and I'm going back to school, I'm not, like, just lighting it up in front of the kids like that. Like, I don't know. There's just, it's just something weird about that. <laughs> it's, it's the, it, there's, yeah. I, I don't know how to put my finger on it. And it's, like, once you're out of high school... All the shit that that consumes you in high school is exhausting outside of the bubble. So why would you willingly go back to that and like just get immersed in that again, even if the mob wants to kill you? So quickly, too. Again, this is something where we've seen this movie a million times, right? Like someone not hiding out necessarily, but someone, you know, at a place in high school. And they're usually trying to lay low. And it's usually something that inspires them to kind of conform more to whatever the practices of the new place is and john crier right away is just again i know he doesn't want to run for president but that's the only thing that he's a little bit reluctant about otherwise he's going to class he's speaking up in class he's lighting cigarettes he's going on dates he's talking to people he's making friends you know it's just odd well so they kind of kind of kind of cover why he's embracing school so much again like in a like a throwaway like exchange with keith coogan where he's basically like i wanted to be a teacher and so oh that's right yeah i think that's how they justify it and i think even though they don't say it at the end when he magically appears at the college that annabeth gish goes to I, th- I always read that he's going back to become a teacher because he really... I think they do mention it. I think, like, whatever he's taking is, like, something that would lead you to believe it's education. Also, like, now that you know that this creeper embraced high school and wants to go back to education, like, 
you kind of like think, oh, he's going to be that teacher that tries to like, that abuses his like female students and eventually you see them on the news. Absolutely. Would you want to know that your child's teacher did something like that and acted like that? No. Like the cool teacher, not always because there's some cool teachers out there. So I don't want to diss you guys, but there's some teachers I had who I thought were super cool. And now I look back, I'm not saying they did anything legally inappropriate, but it does seem weird that they were that curious about my life outside of school. And some teachers who are like, oh, what a nerd. She won't tell us where she lives, like at the time. Now I'm like, yeah, why should she tell teenagers where she lives? No, that's like, good boundaries. <laughs> that's excellent boundaries. So we used to hang out at our teachers' houses in high school, but... Really? Whoa. Yeah. Tell me about this. This is more interesting <laughs> than hiding out. Well, okay, so... The cool teacher was, uh, people hung out with him before this, but we at least had an excuse is that his daughter was a student with us. So we'd come hang out at their house by proxy. People always hung out with him, but our excuse was that his daughter was in like our cohort. So we'd go hang out with them at their house. He was just like a cool dude. I went to like a weird like alternative program though, where like teachers and students like were more like there yeah i don't know we used to hang out at our teacher's house we'd come by sometimes just pop by and they'd let us it sounds weird talking about it though <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly i mean not all of them just some of them but yeah i don't know how to make it so it doesn't seem creepy it wasn't <laughs> creepy it was never one-on-one -on -one. it was always in groups and it like we went to this alternative high school where that sort of like i don't want to say lack of boundaries but like that sort of like relationship with our teachers so it's not so authoritarian and it's more like cool man was there allowed i don't know like i said it never seemed weird to me until i'm talking about it right now and you don't have any questions and you're not jumping in to be like oh no that's that that makes sense like you're just like sort of nah, i mean there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing i could really I mean, that's kind of my point though like when i look back again I didn't have as much of a relationship with my teachers where I was going over their homes all the time and making Pop-Tarts with them and such. But I know those situations where, like, if I explained it now, like, oh, after improv, our improv coach invited us all over to hang out at his place. Like, that sounds weird. At the time, it wasn't. Yeah, but is that because we're just old and outside of that environment now? So, like, we, th maybe, we read more maybe. into it than we do? do or is it because the times have changed i think there's an element of that as well i think that probably even going further back it happened more often but I, i'm not trying to trivialize this kind of stuff but there were people who ruined it for everyone essentially yeah and maybe it doesn't happen as often i don't know it's uh, yeah i mean yeah i guess <laughs> i don't know my mind's kind of blown right now that like you know how, like, once you're in a bubble, everything's normal, and then you, you go outside the bubble and you share what happened in the bubble, and it's like, no, that's weird. I'm getting that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. If I was a teacher today, I'm not sure for legal reasons I would have kids over my house because you just never know, you know? We you were... just never know what could happen. Yeah, we were always in packs. Like, it was never one-on-one. -on -one. There was always, like, a group. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed normal at the time. We had potlucks sometimes with like our after school activities at their houses. 
we had one teacher in particular where it's basically we could come over anytime and just hang out in groups yeah and it wasn't like it was the place where like we'd get booze or like they'd supply us <laughs> with drugs i feel the need to like point that out it was just like we just go hang out maybe watch a weird movie or like get some weird tea what kind of weird movies oh like weird movies like some like random ass french new wave movie that like was never hmm. properly released it wasn't like it was i know where you're i know where you're going with this it wasn't like sexually explicit movies like grooming and like when i say we get weird tea like i'm not using slang like literally like loose leaf weird exotic blends of tea like where no, we no, I, I know but like out of context everything you're saying <laughs> no well, we'd watch like French New Wave <laughs> films, and and he'd make us weird tea. I, I don't remember much else. Like, yeah, no. we just went to like it's like we went to a hippy dippy alternative program in a larger high school where our class sizes were like maybe twenty twenty five kids at most. Like for four years, we had the same set of teachers for all four years. I love to just for context, if you've listened to all the Kate Hudson episodes <laughs> out there, that you went to this hippy dippy alternative high school where you know things were lax, and you still game the system to essentially not go to school your senior year. Like, yeah, amazing, amazing. Oh well, here's the missing component. I know you have like two listeners who live in Anchorage, and and they're like, East, they're like East. <laughs> I hope so. They're like, East High isn't hippy-dippy. I went to the special program within East High. It was called School Within a School. Um, just like, now you know everything about me. Um, but that's <laughs> that's the missing component, right? Because we were cool with our teachers. They helped me gain the system. That's how I had my first period from, you know, sophomore and junior year was always independent study where I would just mm, watch movies. Okay. It's like, it's starting to paint the whole picture. But <laughs> we... And that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> surely someone else out there had this with our teacher i'm sure i'm sure again we're just <laughs> being silly because we you know what we could do we could also continue talking about hiding out so we <laughs> exactly exactly so again hiding out what else oh we, we don't have the the whole student government element here <laughs> john whatever john crier doesn't want to run against o- o'rourke his name is because it sounded like okay. senior year was winding down, right? It didn't. This didn't feel like it was in the beginning of the year. So how does that work? That they're in their senior year. He's got nominated for class president, and then cut to like five months later, they're at college, and he's in the witness protection program. Like that timing's weird. Yeah. Okay. I had that question as well. Um, I don't know when your school elections were. Mine were at the end of the year for the next year because that. You know, that kind of made sense. Um, I know some classes, some people who do it at the beginning of the year for the rest of the year. But it was weird to have him at the end of the year for the next year. But he, I'm assuming he was a senior, right? Like, there was a lot of confusion when it comes to that. Certainly O'Rourke was a senior, right? I hope so. There's, yeah, I mean, who the hell knows? <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's just to show, I mean, just to set up a big scene and just to show that 
Wow, they actually do like him in this school. Let's talk about let's talk about the fake news teacher. The fake news teacher. Oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> she blew my mind because I don't know why. Maybe because I wasn't really paying attention until like 2000 when Bush stole the election. But I didn't realize that these bullshit conservative fake news assholes have been around this long. It's always funny, you know, whatever side of the aisle you happen to be on. I'm tr- trying to be fair, but but uh, that. You watch these movies and you realize, oh, we've been fighting these same battles for, like, forever. It's not just, like, a new thing. Like, oh, the country's so polarized. And trust me, it is. But it's rarely not. It's been like that forever. It really... Well, the thing is, it's like, I guess... I mean, if you believe in fake news, then I'm okay with you hating me. But (laughs) it's just the right-wing conservative hold in this country has been here much longer than I realized because I didn't pay attention when I was a kid. Like I said, I didn't pay attention until it became our president in 2000, you know? Well, I grew up in a red state. Like Alaska is hardcore Republican. It's actually more libertarian, but so I know the difference between somebody who just wants to keep their money and have the government stay out of it. Like, trust me, I do because Alaskans are very like, (laughs) like that. But there's, to me, there's like, there's a difference Right. And I just have never really paid attention to that until, you know, I became an adult. But to see that in a movie in 1987, where somebody is basically screaming about fake news and how Nixon was set up, when ostensibly he wasn't, like he was. (laughs) No. And while I do agree with everything you're saying, I also feel like the Nixon choice was kind of like an easy choice. It's not like she was talking about like economics and. Uh, John Cryer was like, wait a minute, that's not how it works. The corporations are just going to get all the money if that's the case. You know what? There wasn't like anything in depth, especially at this time. Like people like this lady, sure. But I think most people watching this movie were not defending Richard Nixon. But this lady wasn't. Didn't it feel really prescient? Because now there are people who are like, like when Nazis are marching in the street, some dummies are talking about fine people on both sides. Like... She was played to show that she was specifically just a horrible person. And like, how could you believe this? But now, like the way our country is now, she felt really current to me. Yeah, I mean, that aspect of it, for sure. And she ends up rigging the election in favor of of (laughs) O'Rourke, which is amazing that she cares this much about a student council election. It's implied here that the student council actually has like, real power within the school like that they could set the curriculum or something i don't remember what our student council did in high school do you pick the theme of the dance things like that you know like we're really it was just like some teacher who was actually the head of it like so we could do the dance at this venue or this venue but this venue is giving us the better deal yeah let's do that like it's just you know it's like soft power it's an exercise in how democracy theoretically should work, but it's the there's no real power in a student council. It's not like they they bring up things to the principal and say like this needs to be changed. Like people need to can't take this class anymore. Like that doesn't really happen. At least I don't think. So it's just so odd that this this teacher is so. I mean, I guess that's just how she thinks. Is so gung ho on destroying everything that the apparent Nixon hater John Cryer. Uh, like wants and gains in, in student government. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, ugh. I don't know. I, I just don't know if I've been out of the game for so long. I, I wish I could remember what we did. <laughs> 
And I don't remember caring. I couldn't even, I think my friend was student body president, I think senior year. And I think she was prom queen too, but I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> my sophomore year, I was uh, in my sophomore class government. And that was only because my good friend wanted to be president. And I was like, I'll run your campaign. And just because it was fun. <laughs> it was something to do. And I did it. And I remember like the sign up day for who was going to run. And someone running for this position called publicity chair, which was just, I don't know what the equivalent would be. I guess press secretary, but there's no press. Just like the person who like put up flyers and stuff. Yeah. No, we had a publicity chair. Okay. I think we had that too, where it's like they were in charge of like pep rally like notifications, I think. Yeah. Like letting people know of things. And it was running. This sounds so bad right now. And I hate saying this. But the person running was running unopposed, and he was not the brightest kid in the world and (laughs) kind of like a social outcast. And not that I was popular. I wasn't popular. I was kind of – I was definitely a little shit. Like, I got in people's – I said stupid things to people on purpose to be funny. (laughs) So You're an edgelord. (laughs) Fair, fair. (laughs) I'm not to that level. But this kid, I was like, hey – if I run against him, there's no way people will vote for him over me. <gasps> you didn't. And oh, I did. you asshole. I, I didn't say I was proud of it. And I won. You trumped him. You literally <laughs> trumped him. You were the Donald <laughs> Trump to his Hillary Clinton. Oh, man. When you put it that way, now I feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I did. And so I only served for a year because I really pissed off a lot of quote unquote popular kids by winning that position. Not that anyone cared, but it was like, oh, that guy could do it. <laughs> so I could too. And the next year, like all the coolest, most popular kids in school ran for these positions. And I was like, I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to bother running. I didn't even want to run in the first place. I just knew I could, <laughs> you know, and that's my brief affiliation in student government. But I feel like I got the word out that got people more active because they saw me and they're like, what's that shit doing representing us? We need better leadership. And they did. So good. I, okay. So you talking about this just reminded me I was actually in student government. Oh my God. And I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I was on the student advisory board all three years I was in high school. <laughs> and what'd you guys That's do? How- I don't remember. It's so non-memorable that I couldn't even remember I was in it until you were talking about it. I was like, (laughs) oh, shit, I was in that, too. (laughs) I think maybe – I don't even think we did prom themes. I don't remember. It was honestly just an excuse for, like, the popular kids in our hippy-dippy high school program to get together and, like, be exclusive. I don't remember. So, So, like, true government. I love it. That was nice. And you didn't even know what you did. <laughs> yeah. like, And I, I like how I just casually said I was a popular kid, too. So, like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just winning all kinds of personality awards with this, this episode. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a popular kid. There's nothing wrong with that. I assumed that. You had so much power in your school. You hung out with the teachers and had special teas. I assumed you were the popular kid. But popular in an alternative high school is not, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it's. I don't think that's any. We were like, we. I don't know. I think when you go to a smaller, like, little insular, like, high school, like I did, it's like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're, I'm just, we're both looking bad today. That's fair to say, right? I just like, I, uh, it's just super uncool to call yourself popular in high school. 
So, especially there, these there days, go. right? But I feel like in the eighties, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Well, maybe. Excuse me, the nineties and early two thousand for me. <laughs> no, no, not you. I'm saying like <laughs> at the time of hiding out, like being popular was what everyone wanted, right? Well, the thing is, is like. Back in then, like the popular kids weren't told, well, you're going to regret being mean to the nerd one day. You know what I mean? <laughs> True. It was, it was kind of in, like, it was in, in Adventures and Baby, not Adventures and Babysitting, uh, Peggy Sue Got Married, which was only a year before this. But, like, that message started to creep in. But when you and I were in high school in the 90s, like 2000s, it was like, oh, the nerds are going to inherit the earth. And, like, that actually doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I read the studies, they're like, actually, popular people in high school tend to be popular and, like, successful later in life as well. <laughs> sad but true but you know you're you're very popular in high school slumber party too i feel like i'm popular because it's my show so we're the popular kids today <laughs> everyone anybody who bothered to listen to a podcast about a movie they like probably haven't seen is also popular yes yes <laughs> this is not a very popular film that's fair to say now <laughs> this big ending with the election right o'rourke says he wants a recount despite winning because he knows it was rigged and they kind of just do like a, you know, like at a bar. A shrug. Yeah. Like, yeah. like who, yeah, who, who voted for me? Who voted for John Cryer? You know, all raise their hand. Maxwell, whatever. And then, yes. And then a sniper appears. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys out there forgot that this movie is about like the mafia hunting someone down, it is. And there's a, big scene here a fight the janitor again is boxing people off and i'm not gonna lie and i know this maybe wasn't on the forefront of america's mind at the time and i know it wasn't a student still get a little uncomfortable seeing a gun like that in a high school shooting kids oh god yeah for sure (laughs) i mean it wasn't on like you said it wasn't on anyone's mind then because that would be 10 years later but yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, ooh, even again, I know it's not a kid doing it, but they would never put this in a movie today. Unless it was I like don't... some fucked up movie, like we need to talk about Kevin or something like uh, like like not a comedy. Yeah, no. I don't think that Hiding Out is ever going to get remade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it has a million times, but just not this style. There's, you know, this is a, such a trope, like pretending to be someone I'm not in high school, but it's usually like my body switched with my mom. <laughs> it's not like exactly. this. I, I don't think, yeah, this particular combination <sighs> of a coked up like stocks and bonds trader goes and lives in a high school. like tries to date a 17 year old. And then there's a shootout at his school at the end. I'm pretty sure that's never going to get made again. Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, so do you think he and Ryan made it all the way? Because I was thinking at the end when they're like, oh, you're in the school too. That like, there's no way they make it past like two months. And then he's stuck in witness protection in fucking like Iowa forever. So, okay. The conflict's resolved, right? Like he ends up testifying against these people. And as you said, goes to witness protection in Iowa. And the big reveal is that she said she already got into Iowa. So that has, okay, sorry, not to interrupt, but she already got into Iowa. So they probably held these elections, like, for the last half of senior year. Like, the timeline doesn't make sense. No, the timeline does not make sense, but. Okay, sorry, sorry, I had to interject. No, 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 I am 100% in agreement (laughs) with that. And when he shows up in Iowa, like, he, first of all, witness protection, they would probably advise you, hey, why are you going to Iowa? Oh, someone you know is going there? You can't go there. 
But the- exactly. <laughs> but theoretically, let's say they let him go there, and he because they hate him because they want this like creeper to die. <laughs> and he yeah, and he shows up at this college, and he says some of the creepiest things in this entire movie, and that's a big deal. He's like, "Hi." So I've been enrolled here for a while. I just didn't know how to say hi to you. He's just like, ugh, yes, it's creepy. <laughs> Do you think his cover is younger than he is? Like, I know that doesn't justify it, but I want to know if they like witness protection could fuck with your age a bit. I'm sure they can. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm sure they made him younger. Like, I'm just, I, I don't know. But the answer to your question is, do they make it? I mean, I sure hope not. <laughs> also point out that his goodbye to the woman who raised him since his parents died at a very early death was like 30 seconds like see oh you around baby yeah like like i gotta go somewhere you won't be seeing she's like, me okay all right yeah she's like you do you thanks for being a good grandson bye <laughs> why like, do they even have that in here like <laughs> who knows probably like, john cryer's like, grandma probably and then we don't ever see his nurse aunt mom and <laughs> keith coogan again i don't think no well we do see like he gives keith coogan his maserati on graduation day oh that's right and that's i mean good for him he's got a maserati now so yeah <laughs> and, he, and he lost his creeper uncle which is even better really because he can't go back and see him <laughs> yeah i mean and then again like you said like you said he ends up at school i mean at iowa you know university of iowa and it's like oh it's implied we're gonna date now like this is great <laughs> i guess she's i guess she's legal now technically but it's still weird it's <sighs> i want her to be in college and date around and, and figure out what she wants in a partner before settling down with this 30 year old who knew her in high school and in weird circumstances you know like so i hope they don't last i want her to go to therapy well yeah the thing is is like if you if the people you know listening haven't seen this movie we're making it the problem is is that the poison goes down so easily so like you're like okay like it's not that you're not questioning this during the movie. It's just that you're not questioning it as much as you start to after you dissect it after you've seen it. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, off the bat, I was creeped out by the relationship aspect here. But watching it, I was kind of enjoying it. Is it one of my favorite yeah. films? No, but it's like, I'm along for the ride. So it's not something where I say, like, don't watch this or it's like too boring or anything like that it's a fun ride but there was a lot of times i was like oh my god what is he doing like talking out loud to my tv like should he be doing that but it wasn't like again i wasn't visibly offended watching it it was more like what's this creep doing (laughs) this movie is the equivalent of realizing hanging out with your teachers in high school wasn't a socially acceptable thing to everybody like it's only until you retroactively process what you saw you're like oh yikes like it starts to become not great and you're like shit this isn't normal but you don't question it at the time and that's the problem no no i, I kind of want to recommend this movie to people like who you know are at a party like getting drunk and watching things you know like this is kind of a fun slumber party movie because it's so bizarre and and one of the best parts about it it's not really well known so, exactly so it actually is cool to watch and it's honestly a pleasure talking about because it's there's no struggle here it's just it's just fun to point out the fucked upness like there's there is such a value to me in movies like this especially in like the slumber party or watching with your friends as adults will say realm you know what i mean oh yeah Oh, by the way, this also jogged the memory, I'm sure, that I claimed Valley Girl in the Hudson 4 as well, because 
it's one of those movies like Valley Girl where it's got a fairly well-known cast of the leads but at the same time it's one of those movies you bust out and like 95% of people haven't like aren't gonna have seen it and the five that have are gonna be like that movie yeah so maybe this is the Hudson five and maybe I missed Valley Girl I think you missed Valley Girl because I guarantee you drunk Kate Hudson talks about Valley Girl a lot <laughs> well certainly like, a, a lot a lot of this podcast that's for sure I mean sorry certainly a favorite <laughs> of this podcast network I mean but yeah. <laughs> Valley Girl is honestly, it's it's excellent. But it's like hiding out in the sense that like, unless you saw this at the time in like 1987 or like in Valley Girl's case, 83, or you caught it on like TBS. Like I'm sure this movie's on TBS or TNT like late night back in the day. Like, but it's not a movie that you talk about now. It's not regarded as a classic. And there's no real reason why it shouldn't. No, no, this isn't like a hidden gem. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird that no one ever talks about hiding out. I guess is my point. But like, again, like you write for Pajiba. I feel like people who maybe write for Pajiba or maybe people in my case who read Pajiba would enjoy a film like this. But I don't know if like every friend of mine is going to, and I say enjoy, just enjoy watching, you know, enjoy weird stuff, I guess is the best way to put it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean? No, totally. I actually mentioned Hiding Out probably about eight months ago when I rewatched it in Pajiba. People were like, yeah, I remember Hiding Out. Like, I love that movie. And it's just hot in it. It's like, of course, it's just one of those movies that you talk to and like people, if they've seen it, like they remember it because it's memorable. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely fits like just like the mold of all that and you know it's not like something i regret watching i had a blast talking about it um anything else you want to mention in regards to hiding out before we get to our weekly questions no other than you know we didn't bring up the soundtrack but i I remember it being pretty good yeah i mean pretty good soundtrack I, i i didn't write anything specifically in terms of like songs apparently they made a song just for this film hiding oh i it was the song that won the ASCAP award, right? The most played song of the year or something. What? Yeah. It's like, if you go on IMDb, it's like one award. You're like, what the, how did this Oh, oh, oh. It's from ASCAP, the most performed song from a motion picture. The song, Catch Me, I'm Falling. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe that's it. Yeah. Catch Me, I'm Falling by Pretty Poison. That's a classic. Boy George, Live My Life. They also had like Roy Orbison. Yeah. I was just going to mention that. So Roy Orbison crying. But on the soundtrack, apparently there's 20 seconds of John Cryer and Keith Coogan singing that song as well. What a gem. <laughs> That's such a weird movie. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got to look into the soundtrack a little bit more. But, I mean, that part was enjoyable. There's some, there's some guts here of what could be a classic, but it doesn't really hold up in classical waters if you will yeah mainly because of all the things we pointed out (laughs) all the things all the things so quiz question for you kate he has three names in this film can you name them oh i can name two it's mandrew mandrew it's andrew maxwell isn't his his, is it richard is his third name richard it's eddie collins that's what he ends up being oh and then she says, that sounds like a made-up name. Ha <laughs> yeah. Okay. She laughed is. a lot. She, she had a lot of, like, I thought, like, there was something wrong with her on that day where she just kept laughing. <laughs> she was just so happy to be with uh, a 30-year-old John Cryer. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe. So you know what? Maybe, though, like, a 17-year-old would be happy in that situation. I'm not saying it's a good idea or a good thing, but it's just <laughs> that should be avoided, though. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> All right, so Wooderson Award, character who you would have liked to see more of in this film. Did anyone, like, stick out to you? Be like, wow, I wish this person got more lines. I mean, always Keith Coogan, man. 
Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Like, he, he is a big part of this film, but I would have liked to seen him. He's like the number two, right? Like, he's his number two. But you get some sidekicks who you feel like are almost equals, and you definitely yeah, no, don't he... feel that way here. No. I was just thinking, how much funnier would the men if it focused on Keith Coogan? And then John Cryer's creepy cousin was just like a side story. Like the creepy 30-year-old cousin <laughs> kept popping in while Keith Coogan's trying to get laid. Like I would watch that movie so much more than I'd watch yeah. this movie. You know, or it, it could have even been something like, like Encino Man, like where it's about Keith Coogan. I mean, not Encino Man, but you know, it's about Keith Coogan trying to assimilate john crier and we're looking at through his point of view not just like the other you know not just what we got here so i think that is a better movie yeah for sure for sure it is (laughs) (laughs) and then you could have it played by someone other than john crier you could actually have it played by like an older person because then it's more funny like him trying to hide this older dude out in class and we don't need his like romantic storylines you know (laughs) Exactly. I just like the idea of a creepy 30-year-old cousin popping in and out occasionally while you're trying to get laid. It sounds like a better movie. It really does. So that's a a good uh, answer, Keith Coogan. All right. (laughs) Long Duck Dong Award. Whose character's omission would make this film better, whether it be racial insensitivity or just, you know, because they suck? (laughs) Oh, I get rid of Annabeth Gish. I get rid of the, wow. the love interest. It wow. creeps me out. So, I mean, that's a good way to stop it from happening, eliminating her. I feel bad because, like, she shouldn't have to suffer for it. But you're probably right. It's probably the best way to do it. <laughs> right. Like, she's going to be fine. She's going to make Mystic Pizza next year or the year after. Yeah, she's going to land on her feet. There's no way that she landed Mystic Pizza because of this film. So I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cameron Fry Award. Anyone too old to be a high schooler? You know, based on looks. Besides, <laughs> besides, obviously, you know, the whole crux of this film, the whole plot of John Cryer being his, you know, and he wasn't even that old. So whatever. I think the popular guy, Kevin O'Rourke, looked slightly older. Like, I think they did a really good job casting everybody else. Like, I think they were all really teenagers. So that made Kevin, who was probably what, in his like early to mid 20s, look older because everybody else really was true to <laughs> True yeah. to their age. Him dating Ryan is almost creepy looking too, because he looks like a guy who, you know, works at the service station. Not in like an offensive yeah. way, but like I could see him like just like you know. older way. Well, he was so I'm looking at him. He's born in nineteen sixty two, which means he would have been like twenty four, twenty five when that movie was filmed. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was he's what, nine years older than her? So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that one I think it's a slam dunk as well. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes, interesting, right? Again, you're a credited Rotten Tomatoes reviewer, so maybe you could change this, but 33% by the critics, so not liked well, but 70% by the audience. But how many people, how many people have <laughs> Okay, done that? let's see. Like, 2,961 reviews, but only six critical reviews. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's enjoyable, but if you look at who is typically a Rotten Tomatoes reviewer and also who engages on those ratings since I'm not surprised it's usually dudes <laughs> I right think it, yeah I mean I, I think a big part of it too is that this movie is so obscure that anyone who's watching it just knows about it and has nostalgia feelings so you know they're probably giving it a good review and also they're not breaking it down for an hour plus like you and me after I think when you watch it you're like you, you get a 
somewhat positive feeling at the end because it was, you know whatever it was a good time we I had fun with my friend watching it you know like that kind of yeah. thing so I, I see where that's coming from i'll say this i watched it once probably in 2011 i watched it again no more than like a year ago and then i watched it again last night and like watching it once a year that's too often like, <laughs> why did i want to do this one but if you watch it like every 10 years or so it's totally fine it's enjoyable you'll you won't have an issue <laughs> no i definitely agree with that so what will you rate it on our a to f scale then kate i have to give it two i have to i have to do it do it like sort of two different grades you know how when we were in school you'd get one for like the effort you put in and then one for like your actual achievement um i have to give it like honestly it's a solid b movie as far as enjoyment goes but it gets mm. a d it gets a d plus for as far as like just all the shit that was in it as far as like graded not outside of a bubble let's just put it that way with all the weird racial sexual just all that shit yeah <laughs> i kind of was uh, on the same boat with you but i just averaged mine out to a c so <laughs> this gets a c for me i think that might be a high grade for some people a low grade for other people apparently but a solid c but definitely watch it you gotta watch it because whatever it's, the problem is is like because we're talking about this audience we have to take into like contextualize it and that gets put in our grades as Mm -hmm. from a if you know the score with 80s movies and you know that they're going to be horrible when it comes to like gender and you know racial characters and like just not just focusing everything around like a generic white guy as your protagonist like it's if you understand that genre going into it you're you're gonna have more than a c of a time you know yeah for sure we want to grade time and that aspect of it then you're absolutely right this is a solid b movie this is a good time and like i said a million times here it's something i would definitely watch at a slumber party oh yeah it's just does not hold up well and you need to contextualize it if you watch it with anybody else so they know that you're not a racist <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah i don't think you'd recommend this film to someone and you're like oh this is the greatest film made of all time i believe right. it in the values of this film <laughs> I wish I could live in this movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay, so kind of a weird question, but what okay. sleeping bag would you, <laughs> what a hiding out themed sleeping bag would you bring to the slumber party? Oh, that's easy. I would do one that uh, can zip up and lock from the inside so John Cryer couldn't creep into my sleeping bag. <laughs> oh my bag. God, that's terrible. <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> I think you're a little. You? I think you're a little too old for him. Yeah, now I am. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know for this film. It might be like two toned, like his terrible skunk hair. Yes. God, <laughs> if that hair is bad. If he's listening, like we've kind of shit on him. He did not deserve that hair. Like whoever did that hair to him, was, that was a crime. <laughs> I hope he's listening. You Called never the know. Poor man's Matthew Project. So I hope he's not. <laughs> so I hope he's not listening, but that'd be cool. Who knows? <laughs> okay, so we are in that last blockbuster ever that's right by your house. We have rented this film for our slumber party. What two other films are we going to rent along with Hiding okay, so- Out? I know you're expecting me to say Con Air. You don't have to. I was, I was about to say, I norm- so normally I would get Con Air, but no. What I would actually do is make it a Keith Coogan night, and we would get Adventures in Babysitting and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And we'd start out with Hiding Out. So Ooh. then we 
and then we pivot to the female-led movies so that we got a palate cleanser of all the icky <laughs> shit within that romantic relationship. Ooh, I love it. That would be a fun night. I mean, and, and again, if this is in your like slumber party rotation, theoretically, and you're doing a couple movies in a night, it's perfectly, I mean, it's not okay, but you know what I mean. It's like, it's a great addition to a party because you're, you're going to talk oh, yeah. about it. You're going to laugh. You're like, oh my God, it's fun to point out the creepiness in this film it's it's oh yeah entertaining and it's familiar too it's familiar there's like there's nothing that you're not gonna automatically know yeah absolutely for better or for worse <laughs> well kate it's been a pleasure this was uh fun to talk about thank you for i guess showing me that this movie even existed so <laughs> appreciate it i'm glad we can get one of the the hudson five now down yep <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you I claimed Valley Girl in Drunkenly. I guarantee you. Totally okay. (laughs) So, you know, we have four more there. We have a bunch of Twilight films. Um, You'll be on soon. Again, you're welcome whenever. We're going to be trying to do a lot of films during this interesting period in our history right now. Because it it helps keep me sane. So I I appreciate it. Um, You know, why don't you tell our slumberers once again where they can follow you and, and read your stuff. You can uh, come hang out with me and talk Twilight at any given moment over at Pajiba. I'm not sure Dustin, the owner of Pajiba, would be like thrilled with that, but I think it's okay. So, you know. <laughs> and you can follow me over on Twitter at Hudson Kate. And no one ever talks Twilight to me. But if you like, seriously, come talk Twilight. I think I we'll get Twilight. them by the end of this. I think we might have scared them with the last episode. <laughs> but... Just drunk. I, <laughs> I talk about Twilight probably realistically once every couple of weeks on Pajama and probably once a week on Twitter. (laughs) The last couple of days, it's been more than once a week. It's been a lot because I've just been rewatching them during the shutdown because like when the world is falling down around us, a story about a girl who just wants her vampire boyfriend really is what I need right now. Perfect. Perfect. Well, again, thanks so much, Kate. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Always great having Kate on. That episode was such a blast. It was as fun as it sounded, trust me. <laughs> and rumor has it, as some friends I know say, this is not the only time you'll hear Kate this month, That we have a nice little interesting surprise for you later on, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. But your homework for next week, guys, is not Kate Hudson-related, unfortunately. And when I say next week, remember, it's next Monday. That's the next episode, and it's a fun one as well. Kind of a schlocky film, too. It's called The Substitute, and my guests are the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, and the monkey club man himself, Christian Larson. exact words. Then if I didn't back off, I wish I did. I can't boot him out without definite proof of wrongdoing. This guy is dangerous. Oh, I've never been so happy to see anybody in my whole life. What's going on? My students are trying to kill me. My name's Smith. I'm a substitute. Hi, I'm I'm the principal. Oh, good to meet you. You're not uh, one of our regular subs. Yo, Freddy Krueger, knock it off. It's not a manicure shop. <laughs> I'm in charge of this class. You have a Mishak, Mr. Whatever Your Name Is? Yeah, I'm in charge. Who 
The other day I was talking and I just happened to glance back and the weirdest thing happened. What? They were listening. Wait till he's off school grounds. I don't want to kill him right off. Life's a chess game, Juan. This is a crucial move. I want you to think it over. You are history. When we're done, I want you to say I'm sorry. No talking in the library. That's going to be another fun one. <laughs> so remember, guys, next Monday, same place, Cage Club Podcast Network. You want to check us out here. We'll have another Friday one, Monday one, Friday one, Monday one, Friday one, in the time being as long as we're in this position we're in right now. So one more thing I wanted to discuss, really sad news while I was actually editing this podcast and putting the final touches on. You know, we lost someone to coronavirus who I really, really uh, beloved, um, Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne. If you want to know what I was listening to senior year of high school, it was Fountains of Wayne, and specifically their album at the time, Welcome Interstate Managers. God, I loved that album. Still do. It's, to me, like the perfect album, especially if you're from like the New York, New Jersey area, so many allusions to that, such great songwriting, and of course, he was a huge part of that band, and just a huge part of music in general. Uh, if you like that show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, he like wrote all the music for that. He was also a big part of something we talk about a lot on this podcast, the Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack. He was, I guess, technically one of the Pussycats, because he helped put that great thing together. And you know, if you've listened to this podcast, how much I love that soundtrack and how important it was to me. But, you know, my heart goes out to his family. God, it's just so awful to hear about that. You know, he was in his early 50s, so it just shows that this this virus can get to anyone. It's just really, really, really tough. Um, His lyrics are so important, but for some reason... I keep thinking about this Ben Folds song, another musician I really loved and listened to in high school. Ben Folds wrote this song um, for Elliot Smith, actually, another musician I listened to a lot in high school, after he passed, and the song is called Late. I think it's on, it might be on Songs for Silverman. Anyway, by the way, listen to all this music I'm talking about right now. Listen to Elliot Smith, listen to Late by Ben Folds, and more importantly, listen to Fountains of Wayne, all of Fountains of Wayne, but especially Welcome Interstate Managers. Anyway, the song Late by Ben Folds, he talks about how he listened to Elliot Smith, and he didn't know him that well, but his passing like affected him because his music was with him for so many like tough times in his life, and I feel the same way about uh, Fountains of Wayne that so many like tough times in my life, I listened to that, whether it was, you know, to commiserate or sometimes just to lift my spirits up because those guys seemed like they were having so much fun. And to have, like, you know, Adam pass like this, it's just, it's really, really sobering and really, really, really sad, frankly. Um, but the legacy lives on with his music, and I'll still be listening to it. I'm going to listen to it even more today after I finish recording this because, I mean, wow, it, it's just... Thank you. Thank you, Adam, for being there for me and 
thank you so much. And like I said, my heart goes out to his family and friends and all the fans as well. You know, hard to uh, hard to leave on that note, but this is this is what these times call for, I guess. You got your homework for next week. You know everything you have to do. I'll see you Monday, guys. And remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you'll miss it. I leave you with another song from the Hiding Out soundtrack. Roy Orbison with Katie Lang, crying. Later, dudes. I was alright for a while. I could smile for a while. Then I saw you last night. You held my hand so tight when you stopped to say hello. You wished me. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.